Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like uh, for us to begin the proceedings here today by calling out to our helping spirits. And for those of you that wonder why I waste the first eight minutes of every show doing that, it's because we are doing this show as an expression of our shamanic practice. And that means anything of significance that we do, we do by asking spirit to do it with us, to help us to do it better than we would do it alone. So for my help today and your help today, I'm calling out to our ancestors. I'm calling out to the good and true and beautiful ancestral helping spirits that exist in your lines and those that exist in my lines. And following those lines all the way back to the first man and the first woman where your lines and my lines converge and we all touch back into how we are all literally, scientifically and spiritually part of one big family. (laughs) crazy big family that that is but I call out to those ancestors and particularly to those ancestors who faced the issue of their time was to reimagine to imagine a better future for their people and to engage with the world around them to build that better future to engage with the physical world the spiritual world and the living beings around them to build this better future so i call out to those ancestors that created things like confederations coalitions democracies i call out to these ancestors who have been in this place we are in before and ask them to be with us here today and as those ancestors gather around us because we all have many I call them in and as they gather around, let us reach out to those even more ancient ancestors, those non-human ancestors who taught those first people how to live well on this planet and how to live well together, how to live well with other non-human living things. So I call out to those ancient beings of the land, of the sea, of the air, those beings of place, those beings of the plant world, of the animal world, I call out to them and say, I am so sorry, I have forgotten. And I ask you, please, humbly, I ask you again, please teach me again so that we can do what needs to be done in a way that is good for all living things. And with deep, deep trust in these ancestors, human and non-human gathering around us here today, we lean into that support as we call ourselves into our head and awaken that creative potential, innovation, genius that lives in our minds. And we sink our consciousness down into our hearts where we feel deeply those things that matter those things that we value, those things that ring true no matter the time and place. And we sink down even deeper, risking going even more deeply into the body to that root 
of who we are and we take a moment and breathe in to the understanding that I am here, I am the living, and I have a gift to bring to this world. And we reach down even further to the earth and give thanks for the opportunity in this day to live, to live well, to do what needs to be done in a way that is good for those who are coming. So we give thanks to the earth for all that has been in our lives that brought us to this moment, for all that is in this moment so pregnant and yet empty. And all that is, all that will be, all that is coming, all that could be, we give thanks to the earth for her dreaming. And we reach down even further with that gratitude pouring out through our heart into each layer of the earth as we reach down and down and down energetically to root ourselves in our own grounding in this day. We root deeply in to that energy that fundamentally restores, nourishes, and replenishes. These are the energies that draw that power out of darkness, out of stillness, and out of silence. And as we reach into those energies with big, strong, and yet empty arms, we reach into that yin energy, into that earth energy, and we begin to draw it up into our life, into our body, into our day, so that we are nourished, replenished, restored, rejuvenated for what this day holds. And with that blessing of the earth energy beginning to move through our body, let us take a moment and know where we stand, what we stand for, and to commit what we do in this day to align with what has heart and meaning in our own lives. To create our sense of home, our sense of belonging based on those things that are deep and true within our own hearts. And to remember to set that place at our metaphorical table for the other and continue in the efforts we each need to make to learn to love the other, whoever that is, so that we can come to know the other within ourselves. Because of course that other is that you you do not yet know that brings your genius into this lifetime, that knows your purpose and has a sense, a, bee, uh, a bead line on your destiny. So with this celebration today of the other that we do not yet know and welcoming that energy into our heart, into our life, into our day, we reach out to the environment around us and give thanks, out to the energetic environment around us and give thanks, and we begin to focus in to our belly, our heart, and our mind and lift our energy up connecting all that we're doing to that great divine radiant guidance from above that illuminates and helps us to innovate. And so we reach all the way up, out to the sky, out to the atmosphere, all the way out into the cosmos. Take a moment, imagine your favorite image from the Hubble telescope, right? Space, the final frontier, reaching out into the great mysterious beauty of the above, 
connecting with that divine radiant energy, however you know it, by whatever name, whatever concept, however you understand it, and reach into it and draw it down. Draw it down all the way through all the layers of the sky, into your head, into your heart, into your belly, connecting it down to the center of the earth. So the earth rises up and the sky reaches down and these two great legendary lovers unite there within you in your own center and let their love awaken the spirit of your own heart, your own loving heart, let it awaken. And with your heart awakened, awaken that crucible of transformation that is a human heart and draw up the fiery passions of your belly Draw down that crystal clarity of your mind and let these two paradoxical energies go at it in your heart in this great wild dance of dynamic tension between these two energies so, so different and yet so, so alive and equally important inside every human being, every single human being. And so in every single human heart, in that dance is birth that third and most essential thing that you you do not yet know that carries your gift your genius the offering of this life and may you find courage in that human heart to do something in this day large or small from wherever you are to bring that gift that knowing of why you are here just that much more fully into manifestation in your everyday life and for all of your efforts to do that I give thanks for all of the spirit help that we all have should we only lean into it and learn to use it well I give thanks and may that spirit help help us so that what needs to be said is said what needs to be heard is heard and these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things Speaking of beautiful living things, I want to take a moment and give gratitude to all of you that support Why Shamanism Now, those that you support financially. If you'd like to support financially, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com, and that's especially for those of you that get your Why Shamanism Now off YouTube. We have our own website. We have all the archives there. You also have the capacity to donate there any amount you choose to, large or small, in any currency. We are grateful for every bit of it. And it helps us to keep the archives available to you and these live shows to keep happening. So thank you, everyone, for your support and for your non-monetary support. All that you do to live these teachings, to share the radio show with others, and to keep our um, deep, deep human exploration of the practical application of shamanic skills in our contemporary life to build a better world for all living things. Thank you for supporting that. So with that said, I would like to introduce my guest yet again today. We are in part two of a series, and my guest today is Langston Kong. Thank you for joining us, Langston. Hi, Christina. So here we are yet again, uh, continuing on with part two. And so in part, oh, sorry, for those of you that don't know, Langston is a practitioner in um, New York City, but he works um, long distance, so you can reach out to him um, from anywhere in our beautiful globe at langstoncon.com. And Langston has just published a book. Um, well, he didn't publish it. He wrote it and has been published called Deep Liberation, right? This is the tools for reclaiming wholeness in a culture of trauma. So the book is out and available 
we always encourage you to purchase it from your local bookstore, but please feel free to purchase it however you can and and um, read it and use it as the tool that it is meant to be. Um, we are talking about the interface between what Langston describes in this book with the online classes that exist and have, have, have already been established as curriculum here at Last Mass Center. And so this would be the sequence of classes from Energy Body Mastery, which teaches energy body hygiene and basic clearing in that course. And then it moves on to Energy Body Clearing, where we start to really expand on the basic clearing skill set into the the sort of typical things we as contemporary people run into when we all start clearing. Um, and then this year, we're actually moving on to advanced energy body clearing, where we start talking about how to apply these very personal clearing skills more systemically in our own life. So we start being able to clear and fundament, fundamentally clear and thus effectively address more complex systems in our life. So that's advanced energy body clearing. This class only happens about every three years. And this year, the beautiful, magnificent, no longer 2020, year of 2021, <laughs> we are offering advanced energy body clearing. So the whole sequence is going to be offered this year. And so Langton and I are talking about last week we in part one we talked about why should you bother like what's how how do these skills help us meet our own challenges and our collective challenges at this time so feel free to drag that episode out of the archives and and listen today we want to reach into more of our kind of reimagining our possible future um wanting in a sense to start to move out of this idea that we're between stories and actually really start to talk about where 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 we where we feel we could be going maybe would be a way to think about that i don't know um we're just going to talk about reimagining what what we could begin to create together right not just langston and myself but y'all too right what could we begin to create together if we shared this skill set you know because honestly it i was born in 1960 right so i know what we can create together without this skill set <laughs> right we're living in it all right so how does that change i mean there's a lot of beautiful stuff right now a wash in a sea of a lot of not so beautiful stuff and in particular human being stuff going on that's keeping the beautiful stuff from being able to connect and create much more magnificent collective beautiful stuff right and i mean this in a, from a spiritual perspective i mean it from an intellectual perspective i mean this emotionally and i mean this physically in our world and the bottom line is the world's going to trump us here us being humanity if we don't get our human shit together right <laughs> so we're doing our best to offer um, uh, our guidance, our um, our ideas, our crazy logic about how we human beings could start getting our stuff together so that the physical world, which is required by the design here to reflect what's going on in humanity, right? So if we can change humanity, we can help the physical world drop 
that need to reflect our chaos, our hatred, our divisiveness, our toxicity, our pollution, all of these things that we're doing, when we change those things, the physical world can then begin to reflect who we're becoming back to us. It's always reflecting who we are back to us, and that's that's pretty humbling right now since what the world is reflecting back to us is that we our way of living is unsustainable, period, end game. Right. So what do we do? How do we live? How do we respond to that physical, emotional, mental and spiritual reality of our time? And this is why I called in those ancestors that have been in times like this. I mean, human beings, frankly, keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Right. So how do we stop that? You know, and this is this is what. I feel is one of the greatest reasons to reach into the shamanic skill set is it gives us the means by which to act with guidance outside of space and time, right, to, to affect those old patterns, to free ourselves from being driven by them down the same pathways. You know, new party dress, same party. <laughs> so, so for yeah. those of us <laughs> that want a new party, right? So Langston, um, so where where are we? I think with this in this conversation about reimagining, like where where well, are we going? I and think, how do we get there? Yeah, I think one place to start is something we we're just talking about in the importance of this shamanic cosmology and shamanic understanding that comes from cross-culturally what, you know, pre-contact indigenous cultures have found over their observations of, you know, thousands of years actually works to be in relationship with each other and relationship with life, for humanity to actually be something that's not just maybe taking less from life, but actually actively in service to life, actively allowing the environment that we are in as humanity to thrive because of our presence there, not in spite of our presence there. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I get people asking, like, you know, why are we offering these skills first? Like, why did Last Mass Center Online focus so much on energy body mastery and energy body clearing first, versus, in addition to our other classes, versus, like, uh, you know, basic shamanism course or how to journey course? And to me, part of that is because even when people, it's so interesting, with these skills, they're so foundational, people often come and say, oh yeah, that's sort of like what we do. And then when they actually take the course, no one has ever said, oh yeah, I already know this, or oh yeah, this is exactly like what I'm already doing. It's so, like there's this way that they're so deceptively simple because they're the basic functions of what's needed to be a human with a body incarnate on earth in a good way, in a sense. <laughs> but they, because of the cosmology that they are held in, I think they have a power to go very deep, very quick, and also to grow with us and meet us wherever we are in our process. So for me, for example, when I was first starting to learn to journey, I had a lot of struggle at first with not just feeling like, oh, I'm just in blackness, I can't see anything, which I think is common for a lot of people that have been taught to distrust their imagination and distrust their inner senses and their relationship with spirit. 
And what allowed me to begin to bridge that gap was these type of foundational skills of learning what it actually meant to move out of my head and into my body and not just sort of be with my body, but actually put my mind in service to the wisdom of my heart and its ability to interpret my symbolic language. That didn't actually come from taking shamanism class. It came first from taking classes around these type of energy body mastery and energy body clearing skills of moving deeply into the body and engaging with its wisdom through the perception of the heart and the emotions. And so to me, why I think that's important to emphasize, I think we have so many incredible technologies, spiritual and otherwise, that could create a world in which we would be able to have all the resources we need and support each other in you know, fair engagement with those resources and access to those resources. But I think one of the key things that keeps us together from, from stepping into that world in which there is that you know, equitable access and, and an abundance of resources is this lack of the skills for how to put the heart in service to a sense of maturity, a sense of adulthood, a sense of connection to our unique purpose and our responsibility to embody that medicine in the world in service to a vision that's bigger than just one person, that's actually a shared vision for our local community and, and for our environment. And ultimately, if we look at all that collectively, for humanity and for life. And so I think what, what these skills might allow if we were to actually engage in this to become the people that have the resilience needed to actually practice exactly where we are, not trying to like, you know, save the world, but actually saving ourselves and our families and our communities and our environment where we are and to root ourselves deeply in specificity of place sustainably in a way that over time we can work together without imploding as so often communities do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we talked about that last week for those of you that are just joining us this week. You know, I'm, I'm listening, like I said, I'm realizing, oh, that's right. I did actually learn these skills before I learned anything, you know, that's part of the shamanic skill set. Um, I hadn't really thought about that yeah, as you shared your story. Um, you know, what you're saying reminds me of this quick story when I was actually teaching Journey many, many years ago, 20 some odd years ago. And this man arose out of his journey and said, oh, this is so frustrating. Why would I bother doing this? These people couldn't even invent a toaster. <laughs> right? And I said, well, maybe. I said, but maybe they were quite capable of imagining a toaster, but they were also able to see from a spirit perspective the the path forward to using, you know, nuclear power plants to run the electricity that allows you to run your toaster and decided they could actually live without toasting their bread. You know, that it wasn't worth the actual where that idea would take us. Because my personal feeling is people are really creative. I mean, you know. <laughs> just one step off being a monkey, right? We're just mm -hmm. curious and creative. We want to make things, but we can be extremely short-sighted. And, and I'm speaking at our best. We can be extremely short-sighted. Then we start adding people that have ulterior motives and are being short-sighted in that. And then we get into some of the really nasty ancestral healing that we need to do. So my point is, 
even though it is really dubious, right, for a white woman like myself to use the word shamanism these days, that what I'm speaking to is a deep respect for the fact that peoples all around this globe lived sustainably with their environment and maintained the human side of that equation through very clear community um, uh, commitments, basically. Commitments in how to live well. They trained each other up as young ones to be good humans in the dynamic with the environment they were in, which is in some ways another way of saying what you just said about kind of saving yourself and your family and your community locally where you are so that there's a sustainability and, and um, a hardiness there to, to then have those communities reach out and connect, you know, and then eventually create a more um, – a sustainable way of living here together on the planet and see i see in the past people's having these technologies mm-hmm. intellectually and spiritually and 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 to not call them shamanic is to be disrespectful of the people's and how they gained those understandings of how to live you know it's like to erase the past in a sense and and this is a time <clears throat> that we're all living in where we actually all need to open our eyes and and understand a more honest telling of the past and so to lift these ways of living up and honor them and endeavor to start over again ourselves and learn them to me is a way of respecting and honoring those ancestors um, so w- with that little piece, I'd also add you, you used a, re- you used the C word <laughs> cosmology, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And this is the piece I, I absolutely agree with one of the arguments that contemporary indigenous people make about people claiming to use shamanic skills, right? Is they're doing it without a coherent cosmology. And then many people go reach into these indigenous cultures, right, to grab to you know to to take a cosmology out of another culture, and 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 that's appropriation. Okay, but but what we're doing here at Last Mass Center is really literally being willing to learn from our ancestors what they did. As, as a way of understanding what questions we need to ask for ourselves to, to build a system today. And that, that to me is the great uniqueness of what we have done here at Last Mass Center, is that, we, that the cosmology that we use is a coherent cosmology for you know, people to live in an in a animist, relate, you know, relational way with everything around us. Um, but as you said, Langston, it gives us this thing to bang up against when we really go awry. And this is this is how I have always experienced a cosmology, a coherent cosmology it, intellectually, right? It explains how did the world get here? Why is it here? Where did it come from? Why are we here? Where did we come from? Where are we going? You know, all of those, the big existential questions are answered within a coherent cosmology, and this is what I mean when I say, you know, like, for example, the United States and the general American population has no coherent cosmology. Some people have it from their religion, perhaps. I've been listening to a Sikh woman as a uh, 
listening to her teachings and that Sikh cosmology, you know, definitely holds her in her work, but I'm not Sikh, right? I'm just a, you know, knucklehead from Oregon, right? I, you know, what, right? And so, so this reaching out and asking, start being willing to start again and ask for help from spirit, you know, that's really the core of this authentic relationship with spirit, by whatever you call it. And for us, for whatever reason, right, 30 some odd years ago, this, this cosmology came through for us that is coherent and it doesn't just work for Christina. You know, here's Langston, a very different human being than me, and, and, and it's working. For Langston and so and it's been working for the people that are part of Last Mass community and so we realize this isn't just a you know a Christina-ism as we mm-hmm. like to say <laughs> you know that this is a thing it's a real thing and what's what's fascinating to me now at this stage with people that like Langston who have gone through the full teachings and accepted the cosmology as this thing that 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 is the the, the sphere of energy that holds their life is that other uh, indigenous teachers who are coherent in their cosmology and their teachings, right, meet people that are part of our community and ask, what is that cosmology? Where, where are those teachings from? You know, like they, they, they're trying to locate what we're doing in the landscape, right? But like we're the new kids on the block, right? So nobody knows who we are. Like we don't have a gang name yet, you know, we're not, it, we're, it, but, but it's a coherent, recognized things. The spirit of ayahuasca recognizes it. These different teachers in different communities, they see it as a thing. They just don't know who we are yet. And so, but my point in bringing this up is not to brag. My point in bringing it up is to agree with the part of the argument about, um, Sorry, I'm having old lady moments tonight with my words. Well, yeah, so we were, we were talking about cosmology and, and how yeah. unique that makes these teachings and these practices. And I think you said, you know, cosmology is something that allows us to bump up against it when we go awry. And I think we're so desperately in need of that in our culture right now in a time when the nature of reality and experience is... It, things are being made to seem subjective that are not actually so subjective. You know, people are living entirely in bubbles of their own creation, which is, you know, just a more extreme example of what we've all been doing to some extent in our sort of like climate controlled bubbles and our sort of social media bubbles and the ways that we've used technology to become more and more isolated from ourselves, from each other and from our environment to the extent that we're able to maintain um, visions of reality that are not grounded in what in our cosmology we might call like the great dream of all of life, that blueprint for all of creation that we emerge from, that we are always emerging from, that is beneath the surface of things. And so I think the cosmology that these teachings are held and allow us to engage these schools to pierce those bubbles we're in and step into this wider sense of reality that even if it's uncomfortable at first is almost always ultimately a relief because only within these bubbles that we've created is is there a sense of hopelessness is change impossible is there a sense that we're never going to actually have the resources and skills we need to do what we need to do because in that wider reality those resources exist they're there 
and the help is there if we are willing to let it in and engage with it. Right. And so speaking of that, I mean, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, we could talk about cosmology for a long time. So let's let's move moving on to the point of today, though, which is this reimagining. So, okay. So the so the courses that we're offering are are held in this cosmology, and the basic engagement here is energy body mastery, and and your book, Deep Liberation, is is speaking to your own experience and how it's how in a sense energy body mastery and energy body clearing it, to to name the classes that where that people could access to gain the same thing right or a similar mm-hmm. thing right these these skills allowed your book is about how using these skills allowed you to get traction in your life and to transform and get to a place where you were the kind of person who could write a book that's worth other people reading i mean it's a big deal it's a really big arc of of your young life Right. Mm-hmm. And so what we're offering to people then is this opportunity now to to gain this skill set. Right. And to bring it to bear on their life. Right. So in other words, it's not like this cult of charisma where we want everybody to come over here and, you know, be on our mailing list. That this is a skill set that we are offering for people to take into whatever their passionate you know, place of transformation is, and if they don't have that and want to be with us and our passionate place of transformation, they're welcome to do that too, right? But the the point is this this vision of humanity gaining the skills to be better humans. And to begin, you know, adulting now is, you know, really gone kind of off the deep end as a as a viable language. But recognizing that at the heart of these indigenous practices of the animist and shamanic cultures is tending that gate out of childhood and out of a kind of um, powerful but not responsible space in life of development. Right. And that's really important for us all to have is this place where we have the freedom to make mistakes, learn from our choices, and through being held to the consequences of our actions, understanding what the power of choice is. Okay, and then this gateway into adulthood is is stepping through that gateway into a place where I now understand myself as a person of power and I take responsibility for that. So I understand how my actions and choices affect not only myself and other human beings, but the rest of life, the ramifications physically, the ramifications emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Okay. And so, so we're offering these skills that allow us as, as people, you know, the majority, I would say the majority of the population on the planet right now lives in cultures that no longer tend this transition from childhood to adulthood. And so many of our countries, like the United States most recently, are being run by really emotionally immature children in grown-up bodies, right? And and that these, you know, we make really problematic decisions as grown-ups when we don't have the skills to function as a person of power that also recognizes the responsibility that goes with that power. And I know those are really unsexy things to say, but honestly, really, I mean, what is sexier right now than someone who's actually a grown up? 
right? <laughs> it's like, oh, thank God, there's a grown-up in the room, right? And so, but we could all be that grown-up, right? We could all learn. So I just had a, an experience recently, and let me share what I'm really talking about. So I was um, working with a person, and the person... So someone in their life was saying, you're doing harm. I realize it's unconscious harm, but you are doing harm repeatedly, and I need you to deal with it. And, and as they talked about what that harm was, so that person A could understand what they were doing, um, what, what we began to see is that, that in, the, in the person's conscious awareness of themselves, they wanted to do that thing. Like they wanted, let's say, protection. Like person A wanted to protect person B, but as it got to that moment of taking action and doing the protection, person A chose to stop the energy. You know, the energy that wanted to move through their heart naturally and protect person B stopped. And then person A, having stopped the true response in the heart, fell away from the heart because now they've, they've chosen inaction. And so now they're in a dynamic with their own heart. Their heart is like, hey, dude, what's the deal, right? <laughs> you know, we were just going to do this thing that I was really aligned with, and now you went the other way. And now in that conflict with their own heart, person A sort of falls into this real victimy place. And now there's all these emotions in this victimy place. They feel judged, they feel this, they feel that, without realizing the whole conversation is between person A and their own heart. Now, if that is allowed to keep going to this next more toxic level, person A begins to blame other people for this sort of emotional uh, pool they just fell into, right? And so what we're doing with clearing is we're learning to stay tracking that place at the heart where that original choice to not use their power got made and the protection didn't flow through the heart to person B. Because right, that's who person A thinks they are, right? But their actions aren't aligning. And so I got to watch this really slowed down. And so this is what we're learning by tracking the energy in our body through energy body mastery and then learning to deal with what we find there. We learn to track to see, oh, my energy was going through my heart and I made a choice to stop it and then my energy went over here and I fell into this puddle of all of these, you know, emotions that arise simply from having denied my heart once again, right? And I can track all that and then I can decide, well, what, fee what do I feel like I'm ready to change? Because there's a whole bunch of questions there for person A about what they would want to change. But the most important thing about what I just described is person A is back in power in their own life. They're back in charge of their own life and their choices. They can start to take responsibility for what they need to clear. They have, will have skills to do that to change this dynamic so the next time right? Their energy wants to move through the heart to protect someone like person B, right? It'll move. They'll be able to do that. And they'll arrive in this, this place in their mind, they believe they are and want to be. And so this is, this is really the difference between childhood and adulthood. And as an adult, we need to be responsible for recognizing who I think I am is actually not who I'm being and changing that so that who I think I am 
is what I'm creating in the world. And, and so this is the, the core sort of leverage we get from this particular skill set is we're not just about how do I tend my raw spots? How do I know my raw spots? How, you know, how do I, it's like, how do I take responsibility for the fact that this raw spot is old? I'm tired of it. <laughs> I want to change it. And this raw spot and my tending it is actually harming other people because it's causing me at, at the best, it's causing me to check out a relationship with other people. But at worst, I'm actually projecting it onto other people. And all of that is like the whole mess is so deeply dehumanizing. It's not surprising to me at all that we live in the United States, at least in, in an entire system that is deeply dehumanizing on so many levels because we're doing it to ourselves. And again, if we would, if we could learn to stop doing it to ourselves, the physical world can stop reflecting it back to us. And then, then the physical world and the everyday person can squeeze out all the systems in between and begin to change them because it's now coming from both directions. So this is possible. I mean, I, I believe this is completely sane. What I'm saying, right? I realize not everybody does. So anyway, so what's my question for you, Langston? What would you how how would you want to imagine more fully into that? Yeah, well, I think one thing that comes to mind as you're as you're sharing this beautiful story is just a lot of conversations that are happening right now in our culture around accountability and how do you actually hold someone accountable in community? Who are you account- accountable to when you're in community with others? You know, how do we do this thing of being together? In a, in a way that we know we're bringing in the wounds from our culture. So we're going to, in some ways, do harm at certain times to each other or to ourselves. And so how do we hold each other accountable in those moments to help us to, like you said, step back into our power, stop dehumanizing ourselves, stop dehumanizing others, and, and act as a spiritual adult in those moments? And so I think part of that answer to me is an answer that we found in our community and in the last mass community, which is that accountability can't wait until there's a disaster. You need, yes, you need practices and, and, you know, agreements and commitments for those moments as well. But to actually prevent this be the, the kind of problems with accountability that explode communities, we need to have regular practices of proactively noticing these moments when energy was trying to move through our heart and we made a choice to stop it and actually supporting each other in community in noticing that as we move throughout our life versus just these big crises in community when they arise and waiting to deal with them then. And so I think part of part of our imagining and visioning includes um, what we've been calling these deep liberation circles, these you know, in our community currently, we have a practice of everyone in the community being on weekly calls with other people in the community, like, you know, maybe two or three other people to practice this process of tracking deep within and accessing these parts of self that have gotten stuck in these moments of fear and these choices we made to survive that were not in alignment with our heart and our authenticity and our true nature and helping those aspects of ourselves, those selves to 
release those old choices and making new ones that are in alignment with our true nature and authenticity. So that power begins flowing again and those cells become part of the living process that we are. So we can be in service and part of this living process of all of life, life and not a clog in the pipe, so to speak, that's keeping the energies wanting to move through us or moving into the world and resulting in stagnation and violence really to ourselves and others ultimately. And so I think part of my imagining is, is that I would love to see a world in which everyone had these skills, that everyone had this ability to not have to like, you know, wait to go to professional just to go to a a therapist for everything, but actually have people in their communities that were committed to holding space with them and then us holding space for them as well in this process of being accountable to our own heart. Because I think then we would see a culture which accountability wasn't this big mysterious problem or thing we had to figure out how to do. Well, and what's important here, I, I think, is just to, to, in support of what you're saying, is to remind everyone that when we're talking about community, right, another C word, right, we're talking about this, the, uh, uh, a group of people accepting sort of commitments of how we're going to live together and standards to, in, in a sense, live up to that are an expression of the philosophies inherent in the cosmology. <laughs> so in other words, if we look at a family as a system, um, it, it isn't, it doesn't work to punish children for behavior um, that is wrong when they don't know what's wrong in the first place. Right. And so the first thing is to lay out what the standards or the expectations are and so that the child can choose. And then if there's if they choose poorly, then then, you know, they look at the ramifications of those actions or if they're just learning about their emotions, for example. Yes. When you betray your friend, you end up feeling this way. Yes. When you are kind to someone, you end up feeling this way, you know, helping children track the response to right is helps us understand what are our commitments to how to live. For example, supporting kindness versus bullying, for example, that, that the, this becomes this um, standard or commitment within the community. And so the important thing about a community is that it's not just a collection of people that took the same classes. Mm-hmm. It's a collection of people that do have taken the same classes to gain the same skills so that they are able to support and be supported in living up to a standard of behavior, you know, of being a good human and and that what a good human is, and and in this case, an adult human is, is defined by clearly um, delineated um, commitments of, of how we're endeavoring to live with the understanding everybody's going to fail some days and everybody's going to succeed magnificently in some days and that what we're holding each other to is that inquiry and that curiosity of what is happening when I'm failing at living up to those standards and how can I transform that and how can I draw on support in this community to do that transformation but also what is happening when I'm succeeding magnificently and how can we support more of that in it for everybody, right? You know, it's like learning, continuing to learn together. And so the, the, 
the traction for that or the foundation for that is the way in which the in essence the shape of the community or the expectations in the community are consistent with the cosmology and the cosmology is consistent in other words we don't have this expectation that then nobody's really held to living up to it's sort of like um having kind of you know religious principles to behave this way but you don't really have to do that in your real life like we don't have that like community is this place in which we're coming together so that we can all become more and more easy and graceful and sustainable in our ability to live live in this way we're agreeing to live together right and in our case it's you know how do we live in such a way that's sustainable for all living things not just humans that's a really big um it's a high hurdle, frankly, yeah. given where we are. But it gives us lots of room to grow. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and so the deep liberation circles then, um, in essence, is just a thing to call these groups or pods of people that are um, wanting the same thing I'm just describing, which is they're wanting to learn to really live these these teachings and the beliefs and philosophies that support these teachings in their everyday life, which is a challenge. Change is a challenge, right? Um, birthing anything new into the world is scary and hard labor, right? And so how do we do that together? How do we make that easier? I mean, one of the simplest ways is, oh, yeah, Langston, God, I felt that before. I totally understand, but you can do this. Let's Here, let me hold space for you to do that clearing. Right. I've been there. I get it. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Right. Or I really hear in you. This is not the day you can do this. I get how hard you want to do it right now. But I think you need a nap. <laughs> right. And and I'll meet you tomorrow at three o'clock and we'll do this. Right. You know, I mean, that's this is community in that way of helping us to honor each other as human beings. And yet hold each other to this standard and grow together and create this this possible future together and and my personal feeling is that um well i know for us at least the skills to do this exist you know we're offering this now energy body mastery begins february 9th right it starts in a week literally exactly a week um you know so this opportunity to join us in this effort you know, begins again. And this year we're only offering it once, you know, so your opportunity to learn these skills and begin to become a person who can join us in these deep liberation circles, because I see the deep liberation circles also being a place in which we're supporting people in taking these skills into their political activism or into their efforts to work with at-risk teens or, you know, whatever their thing is in the world that we're creating this um, really sustainable, grounded system that supports people in, in taking what we're teaching and applying it to their life. And through that, transforming how we do law, how we in essence, pump gas, right? Do we continue to even bother to pump gas or do we transform? Like what, that it, it, we bring this into every sphere of influence in our lives. And so before we run out of time though, the next thing that I wanted to say, and maybe you could speak to this as well, is energy body mastery starting in February next week and then energy body clearing, which will follow it sort of gracefully after that this year. 
this year is being followed by advanced energy body clearing right and so this is when people in deep liberation circles or who have this foundational work with energy body mastery and energy body clearing can actually access this what we've learned about how once you know these skills you can start to apply them more and more to system, systematic problems versus individual places that I shut my heart down, right? And that we start applying it to, to the whole pattern of shutting my heart down in this way. Because then that starts to teach us the skill to begin to address the systems of oppression or injustice that that we're all faced with in our everyday life. So part of why I am here with you right now, honest to be completely transparent, is to encourage people to do this now. You know, let your own, however you feel about, you know, the most recent years politically around this whole globe, inspire you to take a step into learning these skills and bring that, circle that back into your life. Because this year, we're offering the advanced skills. And we only offer that about once every three years. So it's going to be a couple years before it circles back again. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there's this quote from one of my um, favorite poets and, and writers, uh, Alexis Pauline Gums that freedom is not a secret, it's a practice. And to me, that's what we're, we're really inviting you into in these teachings and this work, to learn how do we hold space for each other to practice freedom? Because there's no freedom without adulthood. Because when we refuse to be adults, when we're not supported in being adults, then children aren't free to be children. And then we create more children and adult bodies, ultimately, as they grow older. And so to me, my experience of freedom has not been the times when I was completely without responsibility. They've been when I was in what Christina was talking about so beautifully about community in these spaces in which I had shared agreements and shared commitments and values. And I was working to live into with other human beings. And they were reflecting back to me when I was doing my beautiful, unique thing that they that was really cool to them, but to me it was just normal. So I had never seen it before. Or they were reflecting back to me when I was abandoning my heart, when I was turning away from myself. And I was feeling myself in this flow, in this dance, this deep you know, spiraling of bringing the parts of myself I didn't know yet into consciousness and embodiment and feeling how me choosing to do that had an impact on the people I was with and on the, on the community and the world around me. To me, that has been some of my greatest experiences of freedom, knowing that even when these parts were new or strange, I was in a place where it was safe to bring them out and risk sharing them with others and they would be received. And, and I would get honest you know, feedback about how they were being received. But I, I just, yeah, so I wanna invite you into these practices now because of this arc going towards advanced energy body clearing. We're working to become the people that can not just reclaim our own power and you know fully inhabit our own heart and body more, but also begin to engage the resilience we've worked so hard to cultivate to change the systems that we're part of as a collective, which we can only do as a collective. Individuals rarely can actually change systems. So I hope that you'll join us in, the, in this journey to 
being the people who can do that and actually beginning to practice those skills in real time. Yeah, and this is this is so much the um, experience that gets repeated over and over again. Last week you talked about it in terms of spiritual communities imploding. Um, but we see this constantly, um, my, my colleagues at my sort of colleague level, we see this constantly, this movement of the work out into this more collective level and then the guts fall out of it. Right, because this particular work we're talking about of really stepping into the responsibility of being an adult and 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 practicing freedom and and practicing in in essence the discipline of how I choose to live so that I can experience true freedom and begin to create a world that is you know truly free for others as well, right? Um, so. So part of what I, I wanted to, you're sort of inspiring me to share, you know, my own freedom story of recognizing how much these practices, particularly the advanced practices ultimately to get to that place, but nonetheless, these practices lead to freedom. So when I was learning from my teacher back when I was in my early 20s, um, it was actually a phase in my life where I had met my soulmate. And I mean this absolutely sincerely completely every facet of my being in love with this this man and um the problem was he also happened to be a freebasing cocaine addict and part of the discipline of this work was is to recognize how you know people are reflecting your own reality back to you so it wasn't about you know his wasn't his fault that his cocaine addiction was you know kind of hard on our relationship right <laughs> so what I finally understood like the the moment of freedom came when I understood that he was reflecting my own addiction back to me and I asked myself what am I addicted to and I realized that that addiction right was to that old way of being and all those old stories and that's when I realized that I would only be free if I learned the skills to walk out of my old stories you know and this is this is the freedom I really uh, so passionately wish for for all human beings is that recognition you are not your stories and you're not even the culture stories about you Right. And that and that with the this skill set, you can learn to walk out of your stories. And to then, you know, as we're talking about now, by willing to maintain that practice and, and joining up with others who are maintaining that practice, you know, back to the whole community cosmology discussion, that we can begin to imagine a better world and manifest it, not just talk about it, not just whine about it, not just dream about it but begin together to manifest that dream. And this is um, not out there in the future. This is now. This is right now. Like right now, energybodymastery.com. Google it. Click on it. Join us. <laughs> right? I mean, this isn't, we're not between the stories. We're on the other bank, right? Together, reimagining ourselves and a better future 
for for us here living it, but for those who are coming, right? One that is sustainable, one that is just, one in which people are free because they are willing to step into the power and the responsibility it takes to be a free human being. So anyway, last thoughts for you, Langston, as we wrap up here today. No, just um, I'm in awe every day of the ways that having this skill set still allows me to see in my blind spot, still allows me to see in my consciousness. And I'm just I'm just really excited. I'm excited for people who've already signed up, for people who are going to sign up to begin this next round of this journey together because it's not just each class builds on each other because so many people retake the courses. And each time we have a new opportunity to see what is the conversation that can be had that can't be had with any other group of collection of people. And so I'm just really excited to see what this conversation in this time right now is going to be as we we all are working to be able to feel more and more in the present moment what the moment is asking of us. Thank you, Langston. So Langston and I will continue this conversation one step deeper next week. Um, so right now, energybodymastery.com. Uh, the class begins February 9th. Langston's book, Deep Liberation, Shamanic Tools for Reclaiming Wholeness in a Culture of Trauma is available now. But honestly, if you Google Deep Liberation and Langston Kong, you'll probably get there. K-A-H-N. Um and then energy body clearing will begin in April and advanced energy body clearing in August. So the path is there for us this year. Um, we are both here really inviting you to walk it with us. And as Langston said, to see what we can create together. So we give gratitude to the ancestors for gathering around, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.